0: what's going on what's going on everybody it is the only sports podcast i'm will that's casino over there uh we are the only sports podcast also the least biased sports podcast that's ever existed of all I am time wearing my, i am wearing my <laughs> jimmy butler heat jersey casino is wearing his golden knights jersey i can't see the number oh yeah what player is that
1: this is from year one. This is number five. It is Derek England. Uh, he no longer with the team. Um, he's retired. He's a sports analyst now for the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, but why I like why I got his jersey was specifically because he played for the Wranglers here in town, um, the minor league hockey team when we had the Wranglers, and I enjoyed going to those games because Vegas had hockey before the Knights. Who knew? Yeah, I did. I know. Um, I, and I yeah. Miss, so it uh... was actually it, it was awesome that. Yeah.
0: I miss so. Arena football. They need to bring back is arena arena don't football still a thing, right? Does yeah, Vegas we still have an arena football team? Yeah. Oh. Then I I'm just finding this out now. But didn't they change their name? Didn't they used to be something different? Remember when arena football yeah, was no, like it, at its peak and they had a PlayStation uh, 2 game?
1: Yes. Um oh, um what's our team name? Our team remember. is the
0: Outlaws outlaw no, yeah
1: that's what it was now it's like oh a, now it's uh, the it's a bird
0: nighthawks there it is outlaws is way cooler than nighthawks i've never seen a nighthawks game but i've seen an outlaw game bring back arena football or if you're already back mark it better because i didn't know you were back uh enough. but before we dive into previewing the NBA Finals, with Game One starting tonight, and then we preview the NHL Stanley Cup, which starts on Saturday, but this will be the last podcast we do before that starts. Uh, let's dive into what we attempted to talk about at the end of last episode, but Casino's child was screaming as because, if she lost an arm,
1: but there was or- a reason. It's because you didn't <laughs> drop
0: kick your nephews out of the house soon enough. That's true. So children uh, fucked up our last episode. We will not let them destroy this one. Uh, so let's first talk about really. I think there's two big NFL news. And before we get to the Andre Hopkins one, did you see the rule change to the kickoff?
1: I hate it.
0: I fucking hate it too. It's I hate so it. dumb. And so, I love
1: uh so one of the one of my favorite Patriots players, my second favorite Patriot player of all time, Matthew Slater, came out and he's just st- super against it. So yeah, go for it. Explain it to the well, peeps.
0: Well, the rule, if I remember correctly, I probably should have wrote this down, but it's that on a kickoff, you can take a fair catch anywhere in the, between the end zone or obviously in the end zone and the 25 yard line. And no matter where you take it, it gets spotted at the 25 yard line. Is that correct?
1: I believe so. That's how I interpreted it.
0: So thoughts. Uh, I mean, you just kind of gave it, but elaborate on your thoughts of why you hate well, this rule. casino. know,
1: they're trying to do it for player safety is what they're trying to say. Quotation marks. I, ingredients on the quotation marks portion of it, because this is not for player fucking safety. This is bullshit. They just want to change it. They want to change it. They want to do it their way. Um, I mean, will it help some of the concussions? Sure. But that's not the big issue of why players get concussions. But yeah, no, I'm not for it. I don't like it. You're getting rid of, what's the point of a kickoff if you're not going to do it? You might as well just give them the fucking football at the 25-yard line.
0: Yeah, I and I agree. Then, I, and then
1: also it talked about like with like onside kicks and trying to get rid of onside kicks. That's another one that's been on the table for for a while and I hate that idea because that is a skill portion of the game.
0: Well, I don't understand because we always the the thing with kickoffs and why they keep changing kickoffs and punts and trying to eliminate like that aspect of the game you always hear it's because of injuries right like apparently they have all this data that says the kickoff is the most dangerous play in sport in, uh, football and all this kind of shit, blah, 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 blah. But yet no one ever presents this data. You never see it. You never hear an explanation of how they come to like the fact quote unquote, that the kickoff is the most dangerous play. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you know somebody, I mean, you see people get destroyed, just running over the middle and getting blindsided or on interception returns, right? When somebody doesn't keep their head on a swivel and they just get fucking rocked. Like on kickoffs, it seems like everybody's running one direction. Everybody else is running the other. And then they kind of just collide. To me, that seems like it's, and they collide in a sense where like they're blocking, right? Then they got rid of the wedge block. So now it's like, okay, now it seems like safer I don't know it just seems like I don't watch kickoff returns and the thought in my head is like this looks dangerous
1: right and and so um I I just pulled up what Matthew Slater was saying and and this is what I totally agree with is he's like in quotes I just don't believe this is truly in the name of the player health and safety what I do believe is that we the NFL want to portray ourselves a certain way to the public that says we care about the players and then he goes on a little bit after that. Um, and he gives, Oh God damn it. He gives lists of like ways that we can actually make the game safer. Um, oh gosh, where is it? I, of course I accidentally had to, you know, over swipe it and it went, it went away. Um, <laughs> but to improve um, other areas of the league that could improve player yourself, get rid of Thursday night football. We've talked about that. Yep. That's one that yep. he said Thursday night football. That is horrible for the players. What's the fucking point of it? You just want to try to get eyes on football all day. Um, Another one was he was saying the synthetic turf over natural grass. How many legs and knees have been blown out because people want to save money going to the AstroTurf and dealing with natural grass. And yeah, I, I fully back that one. I am sick and tired, especially here in Vegas. Like it's, yay, we are changing all of, I mean, we're we're in a drought here in Vegas, but yay, we're changing all the high school football to uh, turf and instead of uh, natural grass. Okay, cool, that saves you m- money, but that's not player safety. How many knees oh, yeah. have been blown out on turf? I had a regular in last night, and when he was playing back in, in high school, um, not too long ago, about my age, and he talked about that he blew out his knee because he was playing on damn turf. Yeah, and a lot of players got hurt, and then the last thing he said, and this was a great one, is the healthcare and disability benefits need to be better for for players, but that costs money. Well, yeah, and the NFL doesn't want to do any of that. So, and he, and I, I love that all that statement, and when not, but that takes away, where my one of my big points is, it takes away a skill portion of the game. He goes on to talk about that he wouldn't have a career, a twenty year career yep. with the Patriots, pretty much. I don't remember how long it is. It's long as shit. Um, he wouldn't have a career because he is special teams. He he is the best special teams player almost to ever play the game, in my opinion. The He's almost in the Pro Bowl every year for special teams. Uh, he's an absolute beast on it. Um, and, yeah, he's like, I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for this play. So now we're getting rid of it. I'm glad that I got in when I did, pretty much.
0: Well, yeah. And you quoting him and I think just – Uh, What you said in general has kind of been the consensus where the NFL always tries to make these rule changes in the under the umbrella of player safety, right? Like that's always, always just the go to line. And it's like that thing where it's if anybody argues against it, then the NFL can just throw up their hands and be like, oh, so you're against player safety. And then it's just like, no, we're saying you don't give a shit about player safety until it loses you money or until it doesn't affect your money, I should say. Right. So fucking with the kickoff and changing the kickoff, you can just pat yourself on the back and be like, we helped players and then you really didn't. But then you also didn't lose money. But it's just one of those things that you can if this was a video game, you could advertise on the back of the box to get people to like buy it right like oh new and improved kickoffs that like protect players and everybody's like that sounds good like i support that and then you look into it and you're just like how does this do any of that and then like you said we well first off it's a video game (laughs) well they're doing uh uh they're changing turfs Every player you've ever heard has never been in favor of AstroTurf. And they say it's like you're playing and tackling each other on fucking concrete as opposed to just natural grass. Then there's Thursday Night Football, which we've done a billion rants about on this show. It's a pointless fucking thing. Usually the games suck. The players fucking hate it. But Amazon now needs a game on Thursdays because they paid the NFL a half a billion dollars. So that's the only reason it's there. And then the other thing uh, we forgot to mention is they literally just added another game. So you can't be like, oh, this is for player safety, this is for player safety. But in this dangerous game of football, we're just going to keep making you play it longer and longer, even though every season there's just entire teams, sometimes entire divisions where it's like, this one is irrelevant because everybody on those teams that people like or watch is gets injured, right? And Segway right. Casino, a player everybody likes to watch, who has been injury prone in the past, is DeAndre Hopkins, who was, I think, within since our, not our last episode. We were going to talk about our last episode, but try but to. Uh, yeah, we tried to. We couldn't, so we thought we'd mention it here. Uh, he was released by the Arizona Cardinals, who look like they're just going full fucking tank mode. Like, they have... Oh, yeah.
1: they have they're getting fucking, rid of everything.
0: Yeah, and they have fucking Murr from Impractical Jokers as their fucking coach. Because uh, he was... Uh, the the greatest tricky fucking played was telling people he could coach defense. And then he we saw what happened in the fucking Super Bowl. I don't That's think really I was... Funny. In, When we were talking about the Super Bowl, I don't think I was mean enough to him. Uh, He's a fucking dipshit. He looks like a fucking dipshit. You would think if you're an NFL defensive coordinator, you could maybe stop, oh, I don't know, one offensive possession of the other team. But, you know, what do I know? But then when he was interviewed about it, when he was hired as the Arizona head coach, he was like, oh, yeah, we did pretty good. We got a lot of sacks. Like, oh, okay, cool. Didn't you also lose the Super Bowl because you literally couldn't stop? I mean, there's screenshots of the fucking Super Bowl where there's one player uh, from the Chiefs catching the ball and there's not an Eagles player within 40, like, miles of him. That's not players. That's fucking scheme. That's you being a fucking dipshit. Uh, And then he goes to Arizona Arizona releases DeAndre Hopkins. There's reports that Kyler Murray might miss if not half the season, if not the whole season, maybe at least half the season. So they look like they're just punting on next season and trying for the 2025 season. But that leads to DeAndre Hopkins getting released. It does. And now where do you think he goes, Casino? Because he, of course, did the player thing like Russell Wilson did where he releases – the list of teams he wants to go to so but where do you think he ends up
1: I honestly I don't know I would love him to go to the Patriots he's got a good relationship with Belichick I I don't know um but the other day he did put a post out with the Jets logo on his I think it was Instagram and you know that would worry me (laughs) that does worry (laughs) me as a Patriots fan um but I, I, honestly, I don't know. There's a lot of times like where you you have a pretty good idea. You can narrow it down to at least two teams. I honestly don't know where he's going to go. I, I have no idea. I honestly don't have a guess. I really don't. I know the they're- other day you brought you brought up the Chiefs would be a good fit. I mean, hell, I can see the Patriots being a good fit because you, you want to give uh, the quarterback a good... Um, uh, I think they're a long shot because they got rid of their the good part of their team, which was the defense. Um, but you know, give a quarterback, rookie quarterback, a good, reliable guy to throw at. Um, and then, I mean, the Jets, obviously, they're just they're loading up, you know, Cobb, Rogers, all the guys over there now. So I just don't know. I really don't know where he would go.
0: So the list, I believe it included just teams with like really good quarterbacks. So it was literally just like Chiefs, Bills, uh eagles i think there was i can't remember there was one other team in there or with like an elite quarterback it might have been the jets but in everybody the betting odds are saying it makes the most sense of course he goes to kansas city right like that makes that makes the most sense for him right patrick mahomes undisputedly the best Quarterback in the league, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, the best offensive play callers. So why wouldn't he go there? But then on the Chiefs side, it's like, do the Chiefs really even need him? Do they need to pay big money to a wide receiver? No, no. But he might.
1: But if he goes there, you could just pencil him as another Super Bowl champion.
0: Mm -hmm. Just
1: do it. I mean, oh yeah. I'm not not saying that he's like, you know, he's the game changer that they need because they don't need anybody. But you add, and he's not what he used to be, but you add just enough back to him, like, it's over.
0: Yeah, and I think, honestly, I would hate to see it because I hate, uh, like, dynasties in sports, and I think it's more fun when there's just a different team winning it every year. But uh, the smartest decision would be for him to go to the Chiefs, right? Because that's where he has the best chance to win, and he can also be the concern with him is injuries, right? Because he was maybe the best wide receiver with the best hands in the league. There was that crazy stat where he had more tackles from just running back interceptions than he had drops in his entire career. Like yeah. that's fucking crazy. But his, uh,
1: his ability to if the ball is thrown to him to catch the fucking ball, if it's in his in his body reach it's gonna yeah. be caught that's his stat is stupid on that absolutely just bonkers
0: he's he's the exact type of wide receiver you want on your team right just like randomly throw it within his vicinity and odds are he's and gonna that's make why i think you would match. i would
1: love him for the patriots because i'm not i, I don't dislike mac jones or zappy I, I told you how i feel about them like they're good decent players but they've they've got a lot of work to do um yeah i don't think they're starting quarterback caliber but i do like them as backups very solid backups but you you put somebody with sure hands out there on that field that would make that's a game changer
0: yeah So for the past three seasons, he's been in Arizona when they got him from the trade uh, with Houston in for the 2020 season, his first year in Arizona, he had 115 catches, 1400 yards, six touchdowns last two seasons last year. He had 717 yards year before that he had 572 Uh, like his receptions were cut almost in third he went from 115 receptions a season to 42 and then 64 last year. So he's definitely not peak. And it's kind of the Odell Beckham thing, which is people are remembering the player he used to be. And now the player he is now is just banged up because well, he's been released he, since 2013. So it's been 10 years. I mean, I,
1: I, I still think the whole Odell Beckham thing is he was never as good as he everybody oh, yeah. thought he was. So.
0: Hopkins it has and uh, is always better than Odell Beckham. I mean, he's been in the league for only ten years and he already has eleven thousand three hundred receiving yards. And like, you know that's, that's crazy. It crazy. I
1: feel like he's been in the league so much longer.
0: <laughs> I know, but <laughs> ten years. But we forget that he was in Houston for one, two, three, four, five, six. He was in Houston for seven years. It wow. felt like he was there for fucking ever. Like it's crazy, he's been out of Houston for four years. Uh, there's also, oh, I think one of the other teams was the Browns to reunite with Watson, but I don't know why you would want to go anywhere near Watson, especially, uh,
1: nobody, especially
0: if you used to play with him and you did nothing like in Houston, those were those Houston teams were fine, but they were never ever like legit contenders. But yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. If you had to put bet money, would you no. say it was Jets or Chiefs? Or Bills. I've heard a lot of Bills. So let's say Bills, Jets, Chiefs.
1: Uh, just going off of what I s what he had on his page, I, I've got to say Jets. He yeah. wants to go somewhere where he wants to go somewhere where he knows they can win. And Jets with what they have now, with the defense that they had from last year with the pieces they brought in on offense you go to the jets and and yeah. especially then what well, with what I've what I've seen like it's i mean if you want a championship you you, you 100% and you go with the chiefs or the bills if you want to be a superstar and have the headlines again you go to the jets
0: yeah i agree especially because it's in the new york market he'll be more quote-unquote marketable because the only two teams he's been in have been small market teams right no one really gives a shit about the Texans or the Cardinals so Kansas City I think would be the ideal spot to go for basically any player that's not a quarterback right because you're immediately the favorite to win the Super Bowl for what the next fucking 10 years so But then it becomes a thing of money. Do the Chiefs have enough money? Will DeAndre Hopkins take like a team-friendly deal To Does he care about Super Bowl over money? Who fucking knows? Does he just want to go to the Jets and be part well, of something he, there? Would
1: say if he does care about the Super Bowl, don't go to the Jets. <laughs> because Aaron Rodgers made it very clear.
0: We'll see. We'll uh, obviously talk about it with whatever team he signs with. And then uh, we're only, I think I just saw it today, we're only 98 days away from the NFL season, Casino. Oh, so a little God. a little three months. But before we get to the NFL season, we still have to finish this NHL and NBA season. Uh, yeah, we do. You, you know what, Casino? Let's start with NHL. Ooh, I like Let's that. Let's start with the Stanley Cup uh, because the NBA Finals are, they start tonight, game one. I will be watching. Uh I will but be two,
1: the... not. No, I will be watching. There's nothing <laughs> else on.
0: The Stan, oh, dude, this time of the season, uh, like just sports-wise, because obviously we both work at bars. It's like, I don't know what to put on the fucking television. Every baseball game that's on TV is blacked out because it's owned by every, like it's owned by either Apple TV or Yes Network, or they have all these weird- Or or like
1: Red Sox for me, the Nesson. Like I can't watch it because it's on Nesson.
0: So every time I'm like, oh, I'll just put on a baseball game. It always says blacked out in your area or blocked out in your area. And it'll be like a- baltimore orioles versus yankees game and i'll be like how the fuck is this blocked out in my area but it's it's Mm. it's dumb but let's talk about nhl it Mm. is the las vegas golden knights versus the florida panthers Uh, i thought
1: you were gonna mix it up there uh
0: the florida golden knights versus the las vegas panthers uh so casino first off let's start with who's your prediction I'm knights. the pen is out in Gold how many? Knights.
1: Um, I'm I want to go with five.
0: Ooh. Uh, I want to say the knights. Re- reason
1: being, uh, realistically, I'm probably gonna realistically, It's probably gonna be six, but I want five because the knights have only been able to celebrate um, one victory at home uh this entire postseason so yeah I want them to have victory win but the Stanley Cup on home ice it, it needs to we, happen
0: we can connect the NHL and the NBA in this part right here because it's like clearly clearly the best team in the west is the Nuggets in uh NBA the best team in the west in the NHL was the Golden Knights they both finished oh, yeah. top of their respective West versus East, they both finished on top of the West, right? They kind of cruised through their side of the playoffs, right? Just beating, not like the best teams, but beating good teams that obviously made the playoffs. And then you go to the East side of the equation and with the Panthers, they obviously knocked off the Bruins, right? And then every series they played, they were like, Panthers got no shot. Right? No shot. They're playing but, against you know, a it, way it, more that, talented that's, team. That No, that's
1: – I know I haven't really touched on all that much. Um, I just thought the teams in the East were a little bit better. But the Panthers, they're a good team. I mean, just the year before, they won the President Trophy. And the year before that, like, they're in the playoffs. Like, they're a good team. They're a very good team. So, like, people saying this is a Cinderella story. Well, it's like Cinderella, the Cinderella story where Cinderella is living – already been living in the castle
0: (laughs) but you can also say that about the heat literally everything you just said they've been to the finals three years ago they're back there again they beat better teams than the nuggets beat in the eastern conference i mean as of the heat were up 3-0 against the celtics and did you see that thing where ESPN still said they had a 95% chance to lose that series. When they were up 3-0, the ESPN was still saying the Celtics had a 95% chance. But that's what I'm saying. Everybody is just like Nuggets Vegas, I've heard in 4, 5, and 6 for every single prediction. It can't be that easy because Everybody thought the Bruins would beat the Panthers, except you. You did call that. Uh, everybody No, I, thought... said, I
1: said the Bruins would lose in the next few rounds. I thought they would beat the Panthers.
0: Yeah. But everybody was thinking these teams would just get annihilated, and now they're still thinking it, and it's like these teams have beat the best teams put in front of them, like pretty handily. The fucking heat dominated the Bucks, and for... Almost four and a half games. Are we on like, NBA you know? now? Well, I'm just trying to connect these two <laughs> together. It just can't be this easy, Casino. In no, NHL and, or and, NBA. And, I mean,
1: this is, this is going to be a tough series, 100%. I mean, they're the best team in the East for a reason. You know, they're not just some schmucks that made it through. Um, but some, like, I, I lost the stat. I don't know where it was. But there was a great thing where it was like, the Knights were... Like eighty nine percent in first place for the entire year, um, they were in the playoff spot like ninety eight percent of the year, and blah 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 blah. I don't remember all of it. Yeah. And then the Panthers were really low and moved in. So a lot of people calling this a Cinderella story. It, it, it's not. The Panthers are a damn good team. They were the President Trophy winners last year. They needed a few pieces. They needed. They wanted to get, and they got in Matthew Tkachuk, a superstar. And then they got a different coach. Um, I can't stand a coach, but um, <laughs> it's phenomenal for them that they, they got this far. Uh, and it took them the reason why they are the eight C. They, they were the AC coming in, is it took them a little more time to get under their coach's um, style of play and how he wanted them to play, just like it did the Golden Knights. Um, because going even though the Golden Knights were good, but they started slipping right before the um. The Golden Knights started slipping right before the All-Star break. And once the All-Star break ended and they came out, they were one of the hottest teams for the remainder of the year. And yeah. even with yeah. the Kings pushing, the Oilers pushing, it was those three teams on in the West that just – and then the Avalanche came up late. But you had those three teams just rolling and rolling. No team was gaining anything on anybody because they just kept winning. So it finally took them a little bit. To get, get under Bruce guy's system. And then for, um, oh no, uh, for the Panthers, uh, it took them, yeah, it roughly took them maybe like three fourths of the season. They were still good. They're still in ch- shooting range for a playoff spot. So people overlook that as well. Um, but uh, yeah, it just took them a little longer to get in. And these teams are very comparable. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you want to ask anything else, but,
0: uh, well, no, I, I I, I could
1: continue, I could continue on this, but I won't give a little pause. If you had any questions or I could just continue rolling.
0: Well, I think the most interesting, again, the comparisons between the Panthers and the heat is they have swung entire series by being really good on the fucking road. So that's fine.
1: Again, that's, that's so true. That's true. Yeah. But it's well, funny you say in, that though, That, but sorry to catch you off, but the Knights, they were the second best row team in the league uh-huh. behind the Bruins. And they have done it in the playoffs as well. I mean, the Panthers yeah. have done it. Yes, but everybody looks at it because they're like, oh, they went into Boston and they won three games. Yeah, that's fucking huge. But guess what? Vegas went into Boston and won as well in during the regular season. I know it's regular season, postseason, but it's still yeah. a fucking thing. No, uh, it's still a fucking point. thing. Um, and the Knights, they closed out. You know how hard it is to close out on the road? They, I don't care even if you're a good road team or not. The Knights did that in two different series. One against the Oilers, the best offensive team with two of the best players in the league. Uh, arguably one for sure and second possibly. And yeah. you did that. And then you go into Dallas on a road game. And you could close out. You had two other chances to close out. You didn't. And then you go into game six and you close it on out. In dominating fashion, 6-0 on the road against, in my opinion, one of the best defensive teams, arguably the best. I, I still think the Knights edged them in defense. Um, defensive teams for a whole team, not just like a goalie or a couple players, like two lines or whatever. It, it it was the entire team playing defense. I love this Vegas-Dallas series because it was such a defensive-minded team, and I am not a big Pete Boer fan, the coach for the Dallas Stars, but I do got to give him credit that we were good the years that he was Vegas Golden Knights coach because he was a really good defense coach. I just felt like he struggled getting teams past that, like couldn't change his identity if need be. And that's where Bruce Cassidy's difference. That's why, in my opinion, the Knights are in the playoffs or in the Stanley Cup and Dallas isn't. Um, but yeah. with all that being said, you go to Florida now. Florida is still a phenomenal defensive team. Um, are they the same caliber as the Knights? I would not say so. Uh, and this whole this whole talk about uh uh and I've said it and I'm guilty of it, saying that the goaltending has been um uh Sergey Bravoz coming out and having a phenomenal well, he didn't start the playoffs. He was not the number one goalie to start the playoffs. Um which is crazy because he's a $10 million goalie, but they, they started to play him and he got hot at the right time because that's what veteran players, two-time Vezina win-a-trophy players, even even though, you know, you weren't the guy that they were going to go with during the playoffs, but that guy got pulled and you went in and he's a phenomenal goalie and he knows what he needs to do and, you know, he's winning them series. But um, I was looking through the, I know it was close, but I still thought Bobrovsky had him. Um, the record right now in the postseason is eleven two for Bobrovsky um, and seven three for Aiden Hill. Um, I know that's a couple. That's uh, three more games played for Bobrovsky than Hill. However, still the save percentage, not by much. It's point nine three five for Bobrovsky and point nine three seven uh, save percentage for Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill actually is better than him. Aiden Hill has two shutouts in less games. Bobrovsky has one shutout in. Uh, More games and goals against Aiden Hill has less, Bobrovsky has more. That go correlate with the save percentage. So the goalies are pretty even to me at this point, Um, like that. I'm looking at it, and even though Dallas won game four, one game five, Aiden Hill was playing out of his mind, out of his mind. In my opinion, he still has the play of the save, uh, the save of the playoffs. Um, when he dives back yeah. across the net, and makes the save, um, which was awesome. Um, but then it comes down to okay, so the goalies wash, um uh, give Bobrovsky a little bit more because he was able to actually win games by himself. Um, Aiden Hill wasn't able to win game by himself. Um, uh, so give, give that slight edge to Bobrovsky, but I give a much higher edge to the Golden Knights defense than I do the Panthers defense. Um, and I know I touched on it, so. That's the defense. There's a lot going down. And then you have your centermen, you know, arguably, who do you think is playing better there? But I really think the Knights have this because I don't think the Panthers, and this is no disrespect to the Bruins, obviously, because they're amazing, but their coaching let them down. Maple Leaves, what I feel like let them down was their stars. Their stars were not showing up. They're big time players because they're not a four line team. The, um, they're an Austin Matthews. They were, um, um, uh, oh, my gosh, why am I blanking on their names? Anyway, their, their top guys, uh, Nylander and all of them, they weren't showing up. And then you have the Hurricane, which, yes, it was a sweep, but I don't think the sweep really justifies how close that series was. That series was so close. It was overtime winners. It was last-second goals. The game was tied for almost the entire time. A low scoring, might I add. Mm-hmm. So, going into the Golden Knights series, I just don't think they've played a defense like the Knights. I don't think they've played an offense like the Knights. Even though the Panthers are a four-line team and the Knights are a four-line team, I don't think they match up going to the third and fourth line than what Vegas has. And, yeah, I, again, not, no disrespect to the Panthers, but the Bruins coach fucked up in the first series. The superstars did not show up. The main players that got them to the playoffs didn't show up for the Maple Leafs and what they did in se- the first series. And in the, the last series, yes, it was a sweep, but it was much closer than than when you look at it and go, oh, Panthers won 4-0. It was such a very close game. The Knights are grinders, and I love their bounce back. There was only one time in these playoffs where they did not answer a game after a loss. There was one time, yeah. and it was in the Dallas series, but then they came out in the third game and they on the road and won six zero in outstanding fashion. Um, and with that, like, like I said, the, the coaching was, was phenomenal. Um, Bruce Cassidy was able to move some pieces around, go back to an old formation and that they needed to do in the fourth line. Then that fourth line absolutely smoked the team. So it is going to be a very physical series. Uh, Panthers are, massive giant beasts and the Knights are the same way. So um, everybody thought the, like the Oilers and the Knight series was very hard hitting. I don't think we've seen anything yet until this series. I think with both these teams being pretty four line ran teams, um, Knights for sure. Panthers pretty close to it and they're all just big guys. I really think this is going to be a physical, physical series. Um, but, again, uh, yeah, so I'm going with Knights. And a couple other big points on why I'm going with the Knights. Matthew Tuchuk is their best player. We've played the best player. We've played uh, against, uh, oh, my gosh, why am I blanking on his name? Connor McDavid, Connor McJesus, whatever you want to call him. And <laughs> Leon Dreisella. We We were able to stop them. The Vegas Golden Knights were able to stop the best player in hockey, and nothing against Matthew Chuck He's a good player. I can't stand him, but he's a good player. He is not the caliber of a Connor McDavid. He is not the caliber of a Leon Draisaitl, in my opinion. Um, in most everybody's opinion, with Connor McDavid, but Draisaitl, I, I think is better. You can make an argument there, but he is their entire team. He has he leads their team in the postseason with points, with twenty one goals at nine assists at twelve. When he's not on the ice, this team isn't doing shit. They're not doing anything. He was the game winner for two of their games against the Hurricanes. So, I just, yeah, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. So, like, and then points-wise, Jack Eichel, 18 points. Goals, William Carlson. Assist, Jack Eichel. Plus and minus is Marcia. So, they're well-balanced. Such a well-balanced team. I don't think the Panthers have... Any idea how fast this team is, how good this four line team is? Played them in the regular season, but, but there were some pieces saying this and that. I don't even remember which goalie that the Knights were playing because they had five different goalies this season. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't know. But um, that's my take. That was a long, long thing. I know you got to get out of here soon. We got to get to the NBA, but that's my take. No, no. I am that's very exactly jazz- what I want. To very hear. jazz. I'm very jazzed for this series. I'm excited. Are the Panthers going to be tough as hell? Yes, but I think they're underestimating how fast the Knights are, how hard hitting the Knights are, and their resilience. And the Panthers have good resilience. They've done very well. I mean, look what they did in the Boston series down three, one, and then you win. You win two on the road. Like, come on. That's absolutely phenomenal. But I just, I like the coaching better. Nothing against Paul Maurice for the Florida. He's a good coach, he's got a punchable face that's fine, but (laughs) Bruce Cassidy is, I think, the best coach in the league, and I thought that when he was on the Bruins, even though the Bruins didn't win a cup, they got to game seven against the Blues, lost, all that, but they've made the playoffs every year. In my opinion, he is the best coach in hockey right now, and I was, as soon as we got him, and I think I may have told you, I know I've said it on this podcast before, when we got him, I was like, the Knights are going to win the cup, if not it's going to be a disappointing season. If they don't win the cup, they're going to make the Stanley cup finals. Yeah. And well, and behold, they did. Here so. we are. Here we There's are. Ra- There's the hockey
0: corner. That's on the ice with casino. <laughs> <laughs> so the Florida Panthers and golden Knights have played only 10 times uh, in mm. their history. Obviously the golden Knights are only a couple of years old. The Florida Panthers are four five and one against the golden Knights.
1: So Right, and you know what, but you gotta take that in. those over six that's over six that's over six years, and teams are yeah. completely different, like the Knights they have maybe seven players, I know six for sure from the original team, but things have changed dramatically um we've gone through three different coaches in six years, um and the Panthers have made a lot of adjustments as well they're very similar. Their organizations have been very similar on how they have approach things. They try to get better every year because you're close. You're close, and you're trying to get better every year. And a lot of people thought the Vegas was done when they didn't make the playoffs last year. Well, when you have half your team, more than half of your starters injured for the majority of the season, you're not going to win the fucking season. Yeah. But they were still close to making the playoffs.
0: Rodney, there, get down. Uh, each team... Each team won one and obviously the other one lost one this season when they played each other. I will say the thing about the golden Knights, I think that's been the most impressive this postseason is you talk about that six. 0 Dallas game, but I think the most impressive aspect of that was going into that game. The stars had all the momentum. They were mm-hmm. at home. They had basically stolen uh, the games in that series where everybody was like, "Oh man, Golden Knights are sweeping them," right? And then yeah, all of a sudden, it's going to get a little dicey. With top
1: line, the Donovan, the Donovan, Donovan, and Jamie Ben out for two games, you thought it was done. So thank you yeah. for coming back, Jamie Ben. Thank you for coming back because this, every time you were on the, we swept Jamie Ben. That was we swept their captain.
0: But That's so that yeah, <laughs> them just going into their – uh, and then not only, like you said, not only winning, but like blowing the doors off that place and just dominating in such a impressive fashion to win 6-0 to like close out the series. Oh,
1: it was that, dominant. Three in the first. It was just, they looked easy doing it. Sorry, they that what? Sorry, yeah. I keep cutting you off.
0: No, no. So all that to just be said, I've been... I've been on the Panthers' bandwagon this entire postseason. I just like that team. I said at one point they were the most impressive team to me to watch during the NHL playoffs. You laughed at me. You scoffed. How dare you? But I do think the Cinderella story ends here. I am going to take the Knights, but I think it goes seven. I think the Panthers steal one in Vegas just because I think they (laughs) – they just have that. Again,
1: this is this is me just this is me shaking my head. Everybody, every announcer, everybody has been not giving Vegas their fucking credit on I what they say, have done this year. Uh
0: I didn't say Vegas doesn't steal a uh I think they steal two in uh in uh the Panthers home stadium. So yeah. I think Knights, I think Knights and six, I'm picking Knights and six. I feel like, would you be, would you be shocked? The word is shocked. If the Panthers win this series.
1: Yes, I would. I, I truly would be shocked. And again, that's nothing against the Panthers. I just think the Knights are a better team. They edge the Panthers out in every category by a small margin, but they do enough outside of maybe goaltending, where even though the numbers favor Aiden Hill, he's played less games than Bobrovsky, and Bobrovsky has won games single-handedly for for the Panthers. So that's my take on that.
0: Yeah. And so on that, you're picking the Knights in five. I'm picking them in six. Realistically,
1: Uh, it's probably six, but I want it to be five so they can celebrate at home. And I'm going to stick to
0: that. That makes sense. Uh, So now we move from the Stanley Cup, which begins on Saturday, to the NBA Finals that begin tonight. It is the Denver Nuggets uh, versus the Heat. The Nuggets obviously finished the season as the number one seed in the West. Heat finished number eight seed. So the Nuggets have home field advantage throughout this NBA Finals. First two games are in Denver. So let's just do a little recap of how we got here, Casino. So, because if we remember correctly, the Heat were in the playoff game. And not only were they in the playoff game, they lost their first play-in game to the Hawks in a game that really wasn't even close. Like, a bad, bad Hawks team kind of wiped the floor with them. And I wouldn't say blew sure. them out, but they won by, I believe, over 15, if I remember correctly. And it was, was a lot. I don't remember game. the
1: exact number, but it was a lot. Yeah. You're right.
0: And then they... Go so they go into that was would have been for the seventh seed. So they get put in the eighth seed game against the Bulls. They barely scrape by the Bulls to get into the playoffs, and then obviously we have that first round matchup where it's the number one seed Bucks. My pick a lot of people's pick as one of the only possible two teams from the east. Maybe three if you want to throw in sixers, but let's be real. Uh going into that playoffs if everybody in the east was like it's gonna be celtics bucks maybe throw sixers in there if harden and Embiid don't play like harden and Embiid play in the playoffs and then spoiler alert they played like harden and Embiid play in the playoffs and now here we are but then the heat uh beat the, the i would say they shock the bucks right they had that great jimmy butler game took the first game at home then they go to the knicks that was a weird series it was an ugly series both teams i don't think really played their best and yeah it was just kind of a slog to get through that series they beat the knicks and then obviously the last series they kind of survived the celtics after dominating them and getting up three to 0 Aha, uh-huh it oh, oh, today okay so sorry my kid interrupted me but what we will- <laughs> yeah uh but so we will say that we will start just where i left off which is the heat beat the celtics in that series they started 3-0 they should have won game six if it wasn't for that last second tip in kind of thing so the heat in this Uh, Finals have definitely had the tougher road Because then when you go to the Nuggets They finish obviously as the number one seed in the West The pick of pretty much Everybody to come out of the West As long as Jokic remained Jokic and didn't pull it And beat her hard and and suck in the playoffs Like he had in the past Well he's been fucking phenomenal in the playoffs Definitely the best player in the playoffs Just from any stat You want to look at Uh, So the Nuggets series or the Nuggets uh playoffs have been much easier than the Heat have been. They destroyed the Timberwolves in a clear, you know, mismatch of a number one seed and what a number eight seed is supposed to look like with the Timberwolves. Uh they handily beat the Suns that myself included thought would be a much tougher series than it ended up being, but maybe we're a year or two. No, we're maybe a year or two away from Booker and Durant being what we think Booker and Durant would be, and then the most impressive, yeah, most impressive and hardest team that they beat was the Lakers. Not only did they beat them, they swept them, and really, I think two out of those four games were close, and then two were just. Uh, nuggets all the way So the history of both these teams Is the Heat have won three titles Obviously the last time they were in the finals Was during the bubble year Against the Lakers in 2020 Where they lost I believe 4-2 in that series Uh, The Nuggets Have never been To a NBA Finals So NBA this is final. the first time the Nuggets Franchise as a whole Has ever been to the finals Uh so the story going into this series is that the Nuggets are undefeated at home. They've only played... I believe it was they've only played six games at home because obviously their series have been much shorter than the fucking Heat series have been. So they are 6-0 and at home. They uh, have protected home court advantage in every series they've played in almost dominating fashion. The Heat, however on the road are six and four and they have in every series they played stolen home field advantage in or home court advantage I should say in the series they've been in so we move to what I think will be my I put five keys to victory casino okay and I'm kind of gonna only five only five I'm gonna encompass my thoughts on this series and we can make uh, picks at the end for who we think wins and then we'll get out of here so my fifth uh, key to victory was exactly what I was just talking about and that is home court advantage now the nuggets have been good on the road but they have been noticeably not I wouldn't say worse or bad just noticeably not as good on the road as they are at home now the heat have made a habit of of stealing one of the first two games because obviously they're in the eighth they're the eighth seed so every series they've played or would play in this series they would be at the home court disadvantage right so i'm gonna say much like and it became and it came true like i thought would happen in the uh celtics sixer series which is i said if the Celtics, or I believe I said it, the Sixers, if they did not win both games at home, that series was over. They let the Celtics win one game at home and they split it. And then I was like, it's fucking over, right? They're done. And then that's what ended up happening. If the Heat do not win one of the first two games against the uh, Nuggets and they're going into Miami down 0-2, I think the Nuggets win the series and I think they win it like in five. Okay. If the Heat win one of the first two home games, I think the Heat potentially could win this in seven. Okay. So that's kind of where my mindset is at the moment. But uh, number four is I put second point chances. And that means both these teams are very good perimeter shooters. During the regular season, the Heat were one of the five worst uh, perimeter shooting teams in the league. The playoffs started. They are now the best perimeter shooting team in the league. How that fucking happened, I have no idea. It's been- They moved moved
1: the three-point forward.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Jimmy Butler, his- Points per game is up by almost 10 points during the playoffs. The Miami Heat now have Duncan Robinson. They have two people who, before this playoff postseason started, nobody knew who they were. Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent just putting up monster numbers. Uh, amazing uh, shooting percentages during some of the biggest games, you know, that they'll probably ever play and just shining, right? Caleb Martin single-handedly won game seven in Boston. Like that's impressive for any player, let alone a guy they kind of just signed off the street, right? So, but the Heat and to a certain ex, uh, extent, the Nuggets just less so than the Heat. They li- The Heat really, not as bad as the Celtics, because they live or die by the three, the Celtics, and we saw what they happened really do. when they're not going in. They fucking died. The Heat don't die as miserable a death as the Celtics, but definitely their game plan is get in space, right? Get Jimmy Butler on one side of the court, get your perimeter shooters on the other do the Golden State rapid pass thing to try to get good looks. And then you have three, four guys who can put up really good uh, and decent looking shots, even with somebody on them from three, okay? And those four guys are the ones I just mentioned. Butler, uh, Duncan Robinson, Vincent Martin, okay? And then also Kyle Lowry. Uh, He makes, he misses more than he makes, but if he's got an open look, He'll take it and odds are he'll make it. So the point being, it's going to be Adebayo and Jokic in the paint Adebayo. pretty much the entire time. And you're going against the triple double machine. That is Jokic, but you're also going against the four time defensive player in Adebayo who he's just a big body. He's got a lot of reach if they can. Uh, either sink their three pointers or miss it and get second point chances. That's how you a slow uh, Denver down and B you get another shot to go for a three or you just get put back. And then it becomes, you know, you're taking shots, but when you're not making them, you're getting second chances at them. And with how good a three point shooting team Miami has been all postseason. The more chances you give them to shoot threes, like odds are they're going to make a lot more than they miss. This is not the Celtics where it's like one game, they're a 70% three-point shooter and the next game they're 14%. This is the Miami Heat where they're usually a 40 to 60% three-point shooter and they never kind of really dip below that. So that's that's my number four. My number three it's jamal murray so we've seen him and i've been talking about the whole playoffs just the emergence of jamal murray right he was and we did right. the stat episodes again or uh, ago where he was a really like decent number three player fringing on number two and coming, then coming he got,
1: of injury and
0: yeah And then he came off injury. He's been playing pretty good this season. And then much like Jimmy Butler has just switched a different gear when it's come to the playoffs. And now he's averaging 10 more points. Sometimes uh, I think in one series, 20 more points than what he was averaging during the regular season. And he is as good a perimeter shooter as anybody on Miami. And he's also really good defensively. So it'll be interesting to see if they put Jamal Murray on like Gabe Vincent to try to shut him down. Cause obviously he has the hot hand right now on the Miami heat, or if they try to keep him on Butler, they might even switch him to Adebayo So then Jokic has a mismatch with somebody else. It's going to be interesting to see, how they kind of try to position him, not offensively, but defensively. And then obviously offensively, he's going to, he's going to shoot the lights out of the place. So uh, he's my number three. My number two is defense, right? The, uh, in this uh, regular season, the, the Miami heat finished as the fifth best defense. Okay. So even though, when they were having offensive troubles during the regular season, they still were always and have consistently been one of the top five best defensive NBA teams in the league. Now, you are not going to be able, I don't care if you're the best defensive player ever, you're not going to be able to shut down Jokic, right? He's no. just that's just talented. too much of an animal. Yeah, he's just that good, and if you try to shut him down, then you're going to just be subject to him making incredible passes, him taking the focus of your defense, and then where he's able to dish it out to a pretty damn good shooting team in its own right with the Denver Nuggets. So you're not going to be able – this is that classic saying, you can't can't stop him so you can just hope to contain him, right? If you are – Letting Jokic score a triple double, that's not going to kill you. It's when he scores a triple double and also puts up thirty-five points. If he gets a triple double right. and it, you it, keep him it, below thirty, like then you've that, actually won that matchup, right? That
1: that's that was the same thing I felt like with um, Carlson stopping uh, Connor McDavid in the Oilers series, where you have the best player in the world. And he's still scoring on you. He's still getting high chance looks, but he's not getting as many as he normally does. He's not scoring as many goals as he normally was. You, you can't stop him fucking contain him. That's a perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so much like uh, the, the player you just mentioned, Jokic is the best player in this league. And again, you can't stop him, but you can damn sure just hope he has not as much as he's getting right where it's on the stat line. You'll be like, oh, those are really good numbers. But then when you're watching the game, you're like, man, they're they, he's they getting rebounds, he's getting assists. Yeah, but it's a fucking battle. And so that leads to my number. Oh, the last thing I wanted to say on that is Miami has the fifth best defense, but the Nuggets are not far behind. They have the seventh best defense and with how much depth they have compared to Miami. Now Miami has depth when it comes to shoot, when it comes to their starters, right? Because any of those guys can get hot. Any of those guys can put up big numbers, but they do not have as much bench depth as Denver does. Denver has depth from the starting position and from the bench. Miami has lost two of their all pros, Tyler Hero, might be back, or I think he said he will be back in the series, but not till like game three or four. But at that point it might be too late. Especially you, for do, a guy, do you
1: think that if they had all of their players, Miami, do you think they would win?
0: Uh I think it is the weird thing where Tyler Hero's their second best player and they're a better team without him. Fair so enough. it's that weird like You know, like that thing that happens in sports where it's like, oh, like it happens with the Grizzlies all the time when Morant's not in, where it's like the Grizzlies are actually a better team when Morant's not there and they score more and their record's better. But then when Morant comes back, you're like, he's their best player. It's like that weird thing where it's... Just giving you a heads
1: up, it has reached the time for you, sir.
0: I know. I got got like five more minutes and then, yeah. Uh, But... When it, I think honestly, the move with hero is he's going to be coming off the bench and they, I think Spolstra, I didn't even put coaches on this uh discussion because we talked about last time where I think the coaches yeah, are pretty evenly, pretty matched. similar. Yeah. But I think Spolstra will put hero in the starting lineup when he comes back, if, I was coaching, and again, I don't know more than Spolstra, so this might be a stupid take, and I'm fully okay with that. If Hero was coming back, I would have him come off the bench as relief and maybe try to just kind of make him come back into the cycle a little before we just change the cycle to accommodate him, if that makes sense. Like, just the first game, put him in for 20 minutes instead of 42 right and just kind of have him be a rotational guy and then if he's got his shooting back maybe keep him in longer and then the second game put him in the rotation but when he's ready to come back they're just going to put him right back in the rotation probably pull duncan robinson who has been really good in this playoffs and i think it might mess up the mojo but who knows hero is a 20 or 20 point per game player so They probably are going to need him, and they'll rush him back in. I just don't think it'll work. My number one key to victory in this game, casino, is uh, a matchup we I briefly talked about earlier, which is Etabio versus Joker. Right, the big men that are going to be on each other now. Joker and Etabio. I think I wrote it down. They, I think they've played eleven games against each other. In those games, Joker has average. 22 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. If Adebayo is able to contain Joker to that average, where Joker, I'll even give him, uh, because he's become a better passer since the last time these guys have played, right? So I'll even give him uh, 11 assists, okay? So he contains Joker to 22 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists. The Heat win this series. There's no way in fuck you can, if you're the Joker, can only score 22 points a game against this Miami Heat team and expect to win. I think he needs to average 30 and not a triple-double, but damn near close where he's getting, you know, 10, 11 rebounds, maybe seven or eight assists and uh, upwards of 30 points to win this game because... Yeah, I just think the Heat have so much firepower. And now there is people on the, the, I don't want to sell the Nuggets short at all. They have Aaron Gordon, they have Brown, they have Michael Porter Jr. who are all averaging, and then Caldwell Pope, who are all averaging minimum 10 points a game in these playoffs, right? So you're getting more production by how much depth you have as a team, but the buck, the buck stops with Jokic and Murray, right? The same way it stops with Butler and Adebayo. If one of those guys on either team doesn't have a big game, odds of you winning are slim to none unless you get uh, you know, a crazy performance from a Gabe Vincent or a Caleb Martin or on the Nuggets side, you get Aaron Gordon, who I think is a liability offensively, but he can still be a big body under the uh, rim where the heat don't really have the size advantage like they did against the Celtics and some of those matchups. So yeah, those are my five keys to victory casino. All that being said, I will let you pick first. Who do you think nuggets wins the series? Nuggets in five. And why do you say Nuggets
1: um i just they got the best player um nothing against the heat they but i mean they struggle to stop boston all they had to do was you know win one more and it took them a while to get it done uh i I really like i just really like what denver has done especially in the latter part of this postseason
0: yeah they they just look unstoppable This is where we were talking earlier about the NHL and NBA, where it's like it's so easy on paper to just be like, "Oh, Knights and Nuggets, right?" and probably four, five, six, like easy. But I don't. But again, the narrative the entire time with the Heat have been, "Oh my God, they got like a." 0.1 percent chance against the Bucks, and then they just destroy them and then it's like they have a 95 percent chance to lose against the Celtics and then they beat them pretty handily and yeah well the Bucs the Bucks, the the Bucks were
1: missing the, the Bucks were missing Giannis and when Giannis came back he wasn't full 100 percent um and then the first half in my opinion of the the Celtics series that team was just in shambles because it's obvious they don't like each other. And they finally came out and said, Hey, we don't <laughs> like each other. And then they're like, "But well, we're going to play together from there. They started yeah. winning. Like, but at that point it was just too late. So, yeah, I, I just think yeah. there's just less going on. Uh, and again, it's, it's kind of the Panthers thing. I feel like some things have favored the heat, even though Butler's playing out of his mind. And I love seeing that. Cause I like him a lot. Um, yeah, it's just I think it's just yeah. a little little too short and they finally are gonna reach their match, and that's where I think like with the Knights and with the Nuggets, that's why I'm picking them. And that's not because I'm trying to be the oh, they got the best player. Obviously the Knights don't have the best player, and the best player in the series is gonna be Matthew Tuchuk, for sure. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah. So my pick is Obviously I love I'm a Sixers fan. I've always loved Jimmy Butler uh even before he was on the Sixers and then I was elated when he came to the Sixers and sad when he left. So I've always rooted for Jimmy Butler. I've never I hate the Celtics. I've never hated the Heat. I like everything they do and stand I, for and uh, yeah.
1: I've I've only ever hated the Heat when it was when LeBron was on their team.
0: Yeah. Because and I'm not I'm not was, LeBron.
1: And so, and so and as soon as LeBron left, I'm like, all right, let's go Heat. Like I'm I'm cool with that. Let's 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 go.
0: Yeah. I hated that super team, but then when it was uh, even when it was like Dwayne Wade and Shaquille O'Neal, those were fun teams. Like, yeah, the Heat yeah, have always been I'm a fun that. team. Uh so I what I, I uh my rooting preference would be I would love to see Jimmy Butler win this title because I I would also love to see Joker win a title, but I think there will be more opportunities down the road for Joker. I don't know Butler. how many opportunity more opportunities like this Jimmy Butler is going to have. So I, I am rooting for him to win this one, but I'd be happy for either team. Cause I think both teams right. and organizations so, are good with players and stuff you. like that. So I'm picking the nuggets in five. I think the heat get one in i think the heat get one but again the caveat to all this is if the heat win one of the first two games then i think it's going to be heat in seven but my official pick is nuggets in five i th- i just think they're the better team they're well-rounded they've had the week rest and yeah i just don't and think
1: I, I think the week i think the nine days is going to hurt the panthers mm because uh. they were such a they were on a team that was such on the roll and they were yeah. riding momentum, riding momentum and then now you have to sit.
0: Well, both these series are going to be much different if what is it? The Panthers win game 1 and Heat win game 1, then it's going to be oh. like, "Oh shit, are we in then, for Then
1: then yeah, I then I I I'd agree, but yeah. I mean, hey, the Knights the Knights beat uh they did the reverse sweep on the Jets. So, you never know.
0: There you go. So that has been the only sports podcast. We'll be back here Tuesday and next Thursday to talk about all that's transpired in the world of sports. We'll recap the Stanley cup games and the uh, NBA finals games. We've missed from now till Tuesday. I believe both will have, we'll have two games to talk about in both. Correct.
1: Yeah, correct.
0: So yeah, we'll see you Tuesday. I'm Will. That's Casino. Anything that's to me. add before we get out of here? Casino.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I want to start doing like a casino fact of the day to end the thing. So a oh. quick one for today is the jersey I'm wearing, Derek Englund. Um, he actually met his wife after a Wrangler game. He went from the Orleans over to Nick Mullins, my favorite Irish, Irish bar for town. And that's where he met his wife. Just by chance, just at the bar after a hockey game. Huh.
0: <laughs> Uh, that was the one and only time we will end the show with Casino's fact of the day. (laughs) Uh, This has been the only sports podcast. I'm Will, that's Casino. Adios. Bye.